and welcome to this episode of Tones and Drones, an ambient music podcast produced in the studios of 91.3 KVLU. I'm Jason Miller, your host, and on this episode of the podcast, my interview with George Winston. Now, a little something different on this episode. This interview with George Winston was conducted via the phone in February of 2019, a few weeks before he performed in the city of Beaumont, Texas, where this podcast is produced. It was a beautiful concert, mesmerizing performance. George Winston Live takes you on a musical journey through not just these various musical landscapes, but also through the seasons. And he's also very skilled on the Hawaiian slack key guitar, which he also works into his live performance. So I decided to air an extended cut of the interview that aired originally here on KVLU in February of 2019. I hope that you enjoy this conversation with my guest, George Winston, here on Tones and Drones. George, thank you for being here on KVLU. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jason. Well, you know, I I was really, when the opportunity came up to speak with you, um, I I was really um, looking forward to that because here at KVLU, um, on this program and others, we've played your music for many years and and we've... uh, uh, we've enjoyed your music for many years, and so I was just happy to be able much. to. You know, I was just happy to be able to have you on the program. Talk about you know what you're doing now and the tour and everything, and, and a particular recently released album, and uh, maybe a couple of questions. I have a couple of questions about uh, some some past work as well. Yeah. Uh, I want to start though, and um, and talk about uh, the recent release of Spring Carousel. I want you to talk a little bit about um, just. Uh, uh, that album, the uh, the uh, release, the the concept behind it, and and um, is that also something that you're you're playing now? Parts of that album are you playing now on your current tour that you're on? Yeah, I'm playing a few songs from it, um, um, and uh, basically that album, the songs came together, most of them about in 2013. Um, I was having a bone marrow transplant treatment at the City of Hope in Arcadia, California, in the Los Angeles area. Okay. And then they had a little village after you have the transplant. And by the way, that's kind of like having a blood transfusion. It's not an organ transplant. So okay. um, it's not surgery, but it's involved. You get, a, you get the bone marrow from a donor, just like you do blood transplant. And uh, I mean, a uh, blood transfusion. transfusion right. So there's a, there was a village, so after I was in the hospital, there's a village very close that City of Hope had. They say you could just walk to your doctor, especially if you were out of town like I was, and you could walk quickly to the doctor's appointment, uh, however many days of the week it was. So uh, I had access to the City of Hope piano anytime. So every night I went there, was, you know, practicing and a bunch of... Uh, Songs kind of happened, and over time I realized they coalesced together and said, oh, this is a benefit album for City of Hope's research, cancer right. research, and it uh, wouldn't have happened without them and without access to their piano. And uh, so I just uh, let the music tell me what to do, you know? Yeah, that directed you. And that's what it said. Here's, here's the songs, here's the order, you know, over time. Yeah, and uh, goes to benefit City Hope, which is a nonprofit organization. So, okay. um, so yeah, that, uh, 
just all came together like that. And uh, um, like that, yeah. How are you doing now? How are you feeling now? Yeah, life? good. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's like nothing ever had happened to me. So awesome. Great to 21st century for the, all this kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, what exactly were you being treated for there? Well, the blood platelets were real low, right. so the bone marrow wasn't producing them. So you have to just get a get a transplant from a from a donor, from a donor, from the okay. correct donor. Okay. And yeah, you know, all the blood counts are good now. Oh, wonderful! Probably better than they were before. Oh, wonderful! And and uh, it, it, a great way to get back to to City of Hope too, as well. And I, you know, I this particular album, um, you know, it's it's um, I. The uh, I've, I've been playing it um, for since they sent it to me um, uh, about a week or so ago, and uh, uh, I I just uh, I really enjoyed the album a lot, and and uh, and I, I uh, you know I I think that uh, I and just kind of led me to some questions about some of your previous work too, tying into it like the theme like you know, previous albums working off various seasons and things that you did. I just was kind of curious about what your preparation was um, to be inspired by, you know, writing something for a particular uh, location, uh, the Montana album, the, 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 the landscape of the plains, uh, the seasons, or does the music just come through you? Like you said, kind of related to um, your spring carousel album, or is it a mixture of both? Yeah, it just happens. I'm always practicing, you know, Professor Longair tunes or James Booker songs or New Orleans R&B things and um, and once in a while I put something together it just kind of happens and then you know the song tells you where it goes where it goes in a concert or where it goes on a particular record over time right and um, I grew up uh, eastern Montana so the seasons were very extreme so I've always just thought of everything in terms of seasons, including okay. songs, okay, whether yeah. it's one I put together or uh, one of somebody else's. And I'm not really a composer by temperament. I don't try to compose pieces. They they just happen every so often. <laughs> um, and some of them stay around, some of them don't. It, you know, being in that, you know, I've read that you... That you mentioned R and B and and jazz piano is something, and and does that relate to an improvisational style? So do you sort of improv improvise the songs into compositions? Sometimes they they come out of an impro- improvisation and then kind of uh, uh, coalesce into something uh, that's more you know compositional or ordered or however you want to say it. I mean I don't know exactly where. Yeah, much more rhythm and blue New Orleans rhythm and blues than jazz. Okay, um, sure. And um. You know, usually just something kind of happens just uh, by serendipity or by chance. Right. Kind of whatever term wants to put on that. And then I'll, I'll write down the chords. And I'll go, well, that's, that's something pretty good. It reminds me of this topography, this season mm-hmm. or something. And, um, and again, if it stays around, then I use it for something. Then it tells me where it's going to be used, you know. Some some album theme, you know, midway through or the last song or something like that, or in a concert in the second set. So, yeah. So it's just it, it cuts, watching music to me is like watching the weather. You know, I, I see what it is and then I react. Right, but it, right. but it it does what it does, kind of. When you were working uh, and working with um, 
with uh, artists from from Wyndham Hill over the the years. Um, there was so much of a uh, the the music had uh, was so um, was so new in a way. I mean, it was it was it was different, you know. And and there's been so many labels that really don't necessarily really mean anything. But it it was it was compositions that that you know took their influences and kind of formulated something new into them. And uh, I, is that something that you were realizing at the time, perhaps like some kind of overarching? you know, theme or tone to, to that and, and some of the other musicians that you worked with and shared the label with, et cetera? No. Really? No, just uh, like on the Autumn record, I'd been playing those tunes since 1973. Okay. okay. And wow. most of them, and just kind of what happens on the piano. Yeah. You know? And always yeah. working on other people's pieces, yeah. particularly uh, Fresser Longair, sure. uh, The Doors, sure, sure. and uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vince Guaraldi. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, with, with the Vince Guaraldi albums, I, I, uh, I, uh, I, with those albums, I was like, hmm. Well, it's like um, I, I see there's some interest in, in the jazz music that he made with, with, with his style of piano. Like, what, what, uh, what all, what drew you to his music? Oh, I just loved his pieces since I heard Cast Your Fate to the Wind yeah. in 1962, mm-hmm. and then we started doing the Peanut soundtracks in 1965, and I just love the songs. So I started playing piano. I uh, started learning them. Yeah, yeah. There's something and about the harmonies that he uses. They're just <laughs> the way they sound. It's like a, instantly identifiable. <laughs> and a lot of his songs are seasonal because the episodes were seasonal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. Be My Valentine, Charlie Brown, and It's Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown, those, mm-hmm. you know, and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just love his pieces. I've, in fact, Vince Guaraldi, Professor Longhair, and The Doors, I've tried every one of their pieces. They all don't work as solo piano pieces. But right. um, there's nothing of those three composers that I don't want to play. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, the, uh, yeah my, my favorite Christmas album is a Charlie Brown Christmas. Like, there's like, it just, it instantly sets the mood. There's nothing about it that's that's dated or corny or anything like that. I mean, it's oh, like, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always I been my it, favorite. I got it the day it came out because I went the day after the first special, December '65. I was just happened to be in a record store and saw it up on the wall. Oh wow! I said it's got to have that song that drives everybody crazy, but the dance scene, Linus and Lucy, <laughs> did, and I played it a hundred times. I wasn't playing yet. I was just playing the record for right. it. I was content right. to do that and. Um, and yeah, actually I have a third volume of Vince Guaraldi. It was going to be next, but I decided to put uh, Spring Carousel out next. So oh, okay. it'll, it'll be out next year, but it's all done. Okay. And, and you've, uh, cause have you explored some of his, um, um, I just want to call it like his, his bossa nova kind of music, I guess for lack of a better word, some of the music that he did, the jazz impressions of Black Orpheus and like some of his bossa pieces and stuff like that as well? Oh, everything he's done, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, His jazz compositions as well as the songs for the Peanuts, definitely, yeah. Okay. What, um, the Doors with Ray Manzarek's work uh, on the piano translating, what are some of the things you liked about about, uh, his work on piano, or or I guess mostly electric piano and organ, I guess? Mainly organ, yeah. Yeah, pretty much organ, right? The whole thing of the Doors, just... It was him, it was Jim Morrison's vocals, it was moody. Robert Krieger's guitar, John Densmore's percussion, just everything. It was like 
when I heard the Doors' first album, I said, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Oh, wow. Um, and I said, i got to get an organ and play in a band. It was early 67. So I started on organ. So played in bands for about four years, and uh, something wasn't quite right. And I heard Fats Waller's piano recordings from the 20s and 30s and went, oh, solo piano, not an organ in a band. Not organ in a band. That's what's not <laughs> quite right. So it helped to have these mentors, you know, to yeah. move me in certain directions. Then um, uh had the same experience with uh, Professor Longair and James Booker. Right. Right. From New Orleans as well. Um, still working on it. <laughs> yeah. It's a... It's a yeah. never-ending work, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That style is... Yeah, is... um is uh, Well, all of it for me. It all complex. takes a lot of work. The music tells me what to do. I don't work on that. That that just comes. But right. to, to get it together, it can be years. Okay. Hmm. I... uh. Uh, and so the, um, and so all of your whenever you tour, it's like that. Just like your albums, it's solo, right? You solo, yeah. Piano tours, okay. As well, um, and that's just that's I, I you know it's I, I guess it was it was really you know making that decision like you said you know solo piano. I mean that's that sort of gave you a a, a focus, you know, about how you were going to pursue you know the recordings and bringing those on tour and everything that that. Being the yeah, solo, that's solo how piano hear, that's artist. That's I hear it is uh, yeah. solo instrumental. Yeah, yeah, and, and the um, uh, what what has it been like? Uh, your your music, um, you know, your music to a lot of people is um, it, it uh, evokes a lot of uh, uh, you know, people um, this the mood, the quietness, the contemplation on some of the pieces and things like that. I mean it. It, it it puts a tone that a lot of people enjoy it for that, and so I guess that's something that that's been something that you've picked up over the years. That you know there 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 is there is that quality to to your music and the compositions that lends itself to people to be able to. Yeah, I don't think about that. I just play the tunes. Um, I call that melodic style folk piano. I came up with and after I heard Fats Waller. I wanted yeah. something that was melodic and simple. Yeah, complement the stride piano, the hot piano, up tempo. Right. Um, I like that term. That's a simple, great simple, like yeah. uh, folk songs and yeah. melodic, like folk songs and like folk guitar a bit. So I, I said, oh yeah, this folk piano and stride piano. And then later, 1979, I added the New Orleans rhythm and blues approach. Right. After hearing Professor Longhair's music, and so I've always called it folk piano. Yeah. Um, because it is, it is like simple folk tunes and melodic and, uh, it came out of the piano more than hearing folk guitarists and folk songs even. Okay. Although those okay. certainly were an inspiration, those areas of music, but it was very much just the sounds in the piano, the sustain I liked. Right. And yeah, so that's what I've always called it. Yeah. And the I'm not really trying to be quiet. I like the sound of that sustain, so I let it sustain because because I like the sound of it. So I guess it's kind of quiet in a way because the piano decays. Yeah. You know, it, it's a percussion instrument, so you hit a sound, it, it gets softer. It doesn't stay the same like a wind instrument or a bowed instrument does. Yeah. The pluck family and the percussion family are, are decaying things. You hit the note, and then it gets softer and softer. 
course, and, of course, the wind instrument, the boat instrument, you can keep the same volume or even increase it. And then, in every that, instrument has its characteristics, its strengths, yeah. things that you can tap into. And eventually, try to transcend that a bit. Like if um, a song wants some other kind of sound, try to find it. Um, it doesn't always happen. Yeah. Uh, and basically, I'm a song player, so. If a song doesn't work out in the piano, sometimes it, it, I also play solo guitar or solo harmonica, too. So okay. sometimes it works out on those two, one of those instruments. Yeah. It's a better translation to it. And again, two, two instruments that can relate to folk music, too, in their own way. Like you said, a more traditional way than the piano, and it, you know, it, it, but, uh, but they can. So, no, I... Um, yeah, the the sustain. Yeah, the sustain of the piano. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a great thing just to hold. If just if somebody just goes hold down the pedals and just hit some keys and just hear that, you know, there's nothing quite like it. Nothing quite like it at all in music. Yeah, it's a great characteristic of the piano. Just the and every piano it's slightly different, so you always get some nice surprises. Do you ever uh, use any preparations in the piano, prepared pianos or anything just like that? Just my hands. Just your hands? <laughs> if I want to go back to the regular piano sound, it will. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, so uh, in the sense that my hand's in there doing things, but all just the hands. Okay. No other... Because, again, I want to be able to go back, um, you know, to the, to the regular piano instantly. You know? Right. So you're able to like mute the strings and stuff like that, like hand mute the strings and, and things of that sometimes nature. Sometimes there's muting, placing your hands on the strings. Sometimes there's uh, plucking. Sometimes there's playing harmonics, like you do on a guitar. Right. Uh, touching a certain place on the string and plucking at the same time. Occasionally tapping. Okay. I suppose you could scratch it. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, it's just what the song tells me it needs really is, I'm not really trying to be experimental or, you know, expanding or anything, any of that stuff. Well, I noticed some of that, just a feel on that on the title track from Spring Carousel, you know, just the, it seemed like, you know, there was, you were... Let's see, the song, uh, Muted Dream, that yeah. uses muting. You're muting on it, okay. And, I, and Dream 2 does too. And okay. I think the beginning of... Uh, Miss Mystery Number Two does okay. Oh, you got quite a uh, prolific uh, discography, so I'm sure you're moving on to to the next works already. What what are some of the plans you have for uh, the future? Uh, the next one would be the Volume Three of Vince Guaraldi. It's all done. Oh, wonderful! So I'll be out 2018, and then uh, it'll probably be a melodic based album called Night: A Love Story. Down the line, there'll be second volume of Doors songs. Oh, cool. Um, at least those. Okay, wow. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, the, um, the, uh, uh, yeah, the Doors album. I really enjoyed the Doors album a whole lot, too, as well. It's another one I need to kind of revisit uh, and, uh, and check out. The, um, but, uh, wow. Um, how many, have you lost track of how many albums you've done now? Is it like, <laughs> there's so many albums, I think. Uh, over the 17. Years. 17, okay, fantastic. Four, uh, well, 18 if you count this one, uh, 14 okay. solo piano. Okay, 14 solo piano, okay. Two uh, children's stories of narration. Oh, cool. Um, one benefit EP with piano, guitar, and harmonica tracks, and a solo harmonica album. Oh, solo harmonica, okay. 
What's that album called? I haven't seen that one. Harmonica solos. It's our harmonica solos. Hey, go with what that. We're gonna go with what it is sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, I try to call albums just what they are. Yeah, they're what they are. Yeah, yeah. So somebody kind of get an idea of what's in them, and that one's that one's very much what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, uh, I I really just wanted to say thank you again for uh, speaking with me here on KVLU. Um, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And- Appreciate you very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we've enjoyed playing uh, your music here on the station for many years. But uh, thank you for doing this. Sure appreciate it. Thank you. My interview from February of 2019 with pianist and composer George Winston. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Remember, Tones and Drones is produced in the studios of 91.3 KVLU. For more information about the station, visit kvlu.org. You can find Tones and Drones on all the major podcast platforms and also the NPR One app. I'm Jason Miller, your host, and may music bring you peace and joy. <laughs>